Welcome to Lifestyle Solopreneur, the community for entrepreneurs who put lifestyle first. Join your host, Flavia Barris, as she interviews successful lifestyle solopreneurs and shares ideas to help you find the perfect balance between lifestyle, business, and self. Flavia is an attorney, marketing expert, and founder of several online academies. She's been featured in major media, including BBC World News, The Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, ESPN Television, and more. Join us for this episode of Lifestyle Solopreneur. Hey, Lifestyle Solopreneurs. Today, we get to speak with Victoria Johnson. She is the coach trainer for Heal Your Life Training. She's a popular podcast host for the Heal Your Life talk radio show and is also a counselor specializing in addiction recovery and personal transformation. She is passionate about helping people live happier, healthier, and more abundant lives. She wants to propel women forward to live the life of their dreams. She has an extensive background in business coaching and counseling and combines metaphysical teachings and psychological techniques in her work. Welcome to the show, Victoria. Thank you. It is so great to be here today. It is so great to have you. And I love, love, love the fact that number one, you specialize in addiction recovery because I'm someone who often talks about workaholism as being a type Uh of addiction and one that's actually really hard to break away from um, for people with certain personalities. Now, I'm not a trained psychologist, therapist, psychoanalyst, none of the above. I'm not in the medical field at all. So I'm really just kind of giving my off-the-cuff observations as a layperson. But for me, that is something that has always struck me as like this potential, actual sort of dangerous addiction that's out there that sort of snares some people and, and kind of really changes the quality of their life. So I'd love to start today by kind of diving into how you see addiction related to sort of people's work and whether you believe in workaholism or not and um, how that all kind of works together. What a great way to start this podcast. Absolutely. There is such thing as work addiction. And as an entrepreneur, uh, it's really easy to fall into it because we do have to uh, work outside of the norm of nine to five. We are thinking about things at three o'clock in the morning, laying in our bed. It's just the way that I believe that it is when you're an entrepreneur and people who aren't entrepreneurs and who are in corporate jobs and so on, there can become that addiction as well because always seeking that next thing, that next approval or that next promotion, or it'll be easier if I just get this done or I just get this done. And it's just this never ending loop. One thing that I find too, that is interesting is how we can become addicted to just about anything. So often when we think addiction, we think drugs or alcohol or even uh, smoking or sometimes food, but really it's those things like work or even things like going to the gym, anything that we are doing in excess, anything that is monopolizing our thoughts, then of course, transforming into an addiction. I've seen many Netflix, Facebook, YouTube binge sessions, right? All of this kind of addiction. (laughs) I was just going to say, check, check, check. I've been there for them all. (laughs) It's such an, such an easy thing to do. And I think that so many times it's a distraction as well. For me personally, when I'm feeling stressed as an entrepreneur and I need a little bit of break, I'll do that. I'll get onto say social media or my, my 
current distraction is TikTok. And I'll start scrolling through and scrolling through. And before you know it, what's happening is I'm doing it first thing in the morning before I'm sitting at my desk or before I've journaled, or I'm doing it when I have a, a, a little five minute break. It just becomes such a desire for the distraction rather than dealing with what's in front of us as entrepreneurs. I can give you a little example of that. I've been putting off opening some feedback that I had requested from a group that I had taught. And you know how it goes. We make these little stories up in our head that, oh, you know, well, what if what if they didn't love me as much as I thought they did? Or what if they didn't learn what they wanted to learn? And so I had been putting it off and putting it off. So doing things like scrolling through social media or watching a show on Netflix when I really needed to be sitting down and facing these evaluations. This morning, I sat down, faced those evaluations. Everything was great, all helpful information. And I didn't feel like I needed to be distracting myself with an addiction. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Um, and it's so hard though, to like make those shifts and find the techniques that work, but it's, I think really important. We have, like you were saying, a lot of addictions that are not obvious ones where someone may be addicted to something like Netflix or something and not even be aware that it's a problem or even be aware that it's a compulsion and an addiction because it just feels so like normal. Like, yeah, I'm just going to, towards the end of the day, turn on Netflix and watch some shows. And then it turns into a situation where, you know. They're not necessarily even having dinner with their loved ones and everyone's just eating in front of TV or, you know, and things are, are dangerous to fall into. These are bad habits. Um, how do you feel about habits in general? There's so many books now on, there's that famous one that's pretty well-known, Atomic Habits. And then I love that book. <laughs> great book. There's another one. What is it? It's by Brendan Burchard. Yes, I know. I know which one you're speaking of. I can see it in my mind's eye, but I can't think of the name right now of that book. Someone could just go on Amazon and just Google Brendan Burchard habits. And it's a, got a gray cover, really good one too. So habits are sort of like a thing right now. And I don't know if it's just on trend or if it's something that's going to have lasting power, but do you, you know, teach about or use habits in any way in your coaching? So habits are something that I'm absolutely very passionate about. So I'm really glad you asked about them. And I, my personal opinion is that it's not a trend. I feel like, you know, successful people have been engaged in habits uh, for, for many, many years. And when you look back at the pioneers of our time, the Zig Ziglar's, the Norman Vincent Peale, the Dale Carnegie, they all uh, really reinforced habits as well. When we have those habits, we set ourselves up for success. So for example, what I tell people is think about what you want in six months. Think about what you want in five years and know that whatever you're doing today is going to reflect that. So if what you are doing today is indulging in those little habits that don't take you anywhere, you're going to be exactly where you are right now in six months or five years or whatever your goal is. But if you have little habits in place that are focused, then we can know that those habits are just going to become who we are as we go ahead and reinforce those and keep working towards our goals. An example. Oh, sorry. No, an example would be great. Share with us um, a case study or an example. Okay. So I'm just going to share an example. We were talking about addiction um, to say um, addiction to sugar. Let's talk about that. A lot of people uh, suffer with that and it's tied in really closely with alcohol addiction as well because of that sugar. So say for example, if someone says six months from now, I am going to have lost 20 pounds and I'm going to do this by cutting out sugar. And so if every day 
they are mindful of, okay, so I'm not eating obvious sugars today. You know, I'm not having that candy bar. I'm not having that glass of wine, whatever it might be. Then, you know, likely they're going to be moving towards that goal in six months. If they go even deeper into that habit and say, I'm going to set up checks and measures in place with checking labels, for example, looking for those hidden sugars, uh, looking in what I'm drinking, is it triggering a sugar craving? Or am I eating something that's acting like sugar in my body, for example, like white flour? And going deeper, then they are absolutely going to meet their goal and, you know, or be well on track to do so because they have followed those daily habits when they get to the six month point. It's been said so many times, I'm rolling my eyes at myself, just saying it again, but it's like getting in a car and driving from New York to LA. You need to have a map to help you along the way. You wouldn't just wing it. And those daily habits are your map. Amazing. And this is the kind of thing you teach in your coaching, in your consulting work. So tell us a little bit about what you do as as a coach trainer. Like what is, for people who are out there uh, listening, who are also looking to explore different careers, what is the week in the life of a coach trainer um, who works in the area that you work in? Wonderful. Well, so I'm going to share this with you with a smile because we are speaking to solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. And you said, what is a week in the in the life like? I am going to tell you that 48 weeks out of the year, I am doing work that's not incredibly rewarding. I'm doing the stuff behind the scenes. And that is marketing every day, following up every day, doing my own daily habits every day. Uh, but for those four weeks out of the year that I have the students in front of me because I do coach training in person and we are growing and learning and healing and practicing our skills with each other. They are the most incredible, rewarding four weeks that I absolutely live through the other 48 weeks of the year for. Does that make sense? It does. No, it, it totally does. And I think there is so much that goes on behind the scenes to being a solopreneur. And a lot of people are like, well, if you pick an area to have a business in that you absolutely love, like, I, you know, we'll throw something out. Like if someone's like, you know, I love surfing. I want to be a surf instructor and have a surf school. They're super excited because they love to surf. And it just seems like this great idea. And then they, they get into it and there is so much sort of daily grind, you know, supervising mm-hmm. what you're going to do. Are all the students registered? Hey, it's time to shop around for insurance. You know, the less sexy stuff, like, should we have a lawyer draft our waiver because this is dangerous and there's sharks in the water, you know, all these little minutiae that go into being a business owner. We can't let all of that drag us down because ultimately the surf instructor is out there doing the thing that is the love, right? The surfing, the being part of that community, interacting daily in that environment. but Hey, the 48 weeks, I, I totally get it. I know. <laughs> so work-life balance. I love when we have a guest on who is really into like the brain and how it works and psychology. And um, our brains are very, very complicated, right? Our emotions play in hormones, all of it kind of plays together and rules our life. How is work-life balance for you, for yourself, and also how you help others maintain it? Because I'm the first person to say work-life balance is never set it and forget it. It's like saying to somebody, how do you just stay in one spot as you're swimming in the ocean? You know, going back to our surfer friend, you don't. Like you never just stay in one spot in the ocean. You're either swimming left or right or treading water. Or it's very complicated. On a stormy day, it's going to be harder than, you know, on a day where there's no waves. And it's this like constant work, you know, to stay balanced, which sounds 
very opposite of what you imagine perfect balance is, which would seem like it's meditative and very Zen. But perfect balance, I think, is actually the goal. But getting there requires a lot of adjustments, a lot of compromises. Um, what's How do you see work-life balance? I'm really glad you used the term perfect balance because here's what I think happens, myself included. I think we have this idea that there's people living out there who have this perfectly balanced life and everything, you know, they they practice their self-care perfectly. They do their work. When it's time to walk away and spend time with family, they do that. They eat properly. They exercise. They go to yoga and they meditate before they go to bed. And all of these other things that we think other people out there are doing. So in fact, we should be doing them. And if we're not doing them, then we're wrong. That's what I think that happens with us that we get into that self-criticism place. And I'm going to tell you my personal experience, and that is that it doesn't look anything like perfectly balanced. However, I do remember to check in daily and say what's going on right now. And one thing that I can give as a really good tip that has really helped me, and I think I actually got this from the Atomic Habits book that you mentioned earlier, which is time blocking. So making sure that I'm blocking time every day to take care of myself. Now I'm in a situation where my children are grown and moved out. My husband uh, is in a situation where he's not having to follow a schedule. So Life is pretty easy for me that way when it comes to work-life balance. But for example, I block out two hours every morning for my habits that I've got put in place. Things like my journaling in the morning, my personal care, that type of thing. I make sure that I start every day with time for me. And that is something that I really encourage each of you to do. Even if you have those little ones, if you can take 15, 20 minutes for yourself and just set up your day, that will really help with work-life balance. And we don't have to make it difficult. I think sometimes we think that if we're going to strive for this balance, we have to, again, do it perfectly. We have to, uh, for example, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write five pages in my journal every morning, or I'm going to get on the treadmill for an hour. We don't need to make it so difficult for ourselves. We can, in fact, say, I'm going to journal every morning. And I'll tell you with my journaling every morning, some days what it says is, I don't feel like journaling this morning. So this is all I got. And I close the journal. And then also throughout the workday, one thing that I've found really helps me with balance is doing the things that I am not looking forward to doing first, getting those out of the way as well as, and I think I learned this from, oh, what's his name? The the, the 5 a.m. guy, Robin, Robin. A miracle morning. Yes, yes. Which is those 45 minute blocks and then the 15 minutes to regroup. And again, doing that throughout the day, I find really helpful. I know I can sit and push through paperwork I need to push through or callbacks or emails or whatever I need to do as an entrepreneur for those 45 minutes. The 15 minutes, I'm going to get up, I'm going to have a glass of water. I'm probably going to go stand out in the backyard for a couple of minutes. Or if I'm in the work office downtown, you know, just get out of my atmosphere for a few minutes and then get back at it for 45 minutes. And I find that just cutting myself some slack, stopping the comparison that I've been doing with myself against what I think other people are doing in their in their little dream world that I've made up as work-life balance and just knowing that every day is going to look a little different, but every day I'm going to start the day taking care of me. I love the little dream world that you've made up. <laughs> we all should make up our little dream worlds. I mean, what else is there, you know, but our, our world we create daily and we have so many more choices than we realize in what we do minute by minute, day to day, uh, you 
you know, I often have to remind myself too, like, yeah, the, the, our life is more of a blank canvas than we realize. Some things that seem very immutable, like, oh, well, I live in this town and this is my life. I've seen people come to this like epiphany and realization. They can actually move. Like they can pick up and move cities and start a whole new life. Like it's almost like picking up, you know, putting down a book and picking up a different book with different characters and settings. And you can live more than one life. You know, you, you can have more than one story. And uh, sometimes, especially if deep down, you're just not enjoying your current story, change it. You know, don't let yourself get mired um, in it. It's, it shouldn't be quicksand. Life should never be quicksand if you can help it. Well, and it also, like you said, allowing ourselves to change, knowing that it's okay to change. You know, we can change. You mentioned location. We can change our beliefs. We can change what we've always done into what it is that we want to do. We can change even with our personal growth. And sometimes I think we get stuck because we're afraid of what we might lose along the way. And I would just encourage your listeners to know that there is so much to gain as well by exploring. Absolutely. So how do people get in touch with you if they want to connect, um, to listen to your podcast, uh, to follow you, or they need some of your coaching, your heal your life training um, that you, you know, so generously offer to the world as your vocation, because it is such good work that you're doing in the world for so many Uh people. Thank you. It is so incredibly rewarding. You can reach me by email. It's really easy. Healyourlifecoach at gmail.com. And my website is victoriajohnson.org. So that's Victoria, J-O-H-N-S-O-N.org. And my podcast is the Heal Your Life Talk radio show. And what I focused on with the podcast is just stories of people overcoming adversity and healing their lives. And uh, I got to say, life is good. You know, when we have the unique opportunity to spend our lives helping other people to enjoy their life more. It is, it makes me smile every day. Well, this whole conversation has made me smile. So thank you so much for sharing your time, your expertise, all of your insights. You are just an amazing resource and we thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you so much. Guess what, lifestyle solopreneurs? If you don't yet have an online business earning you enough passive income to live the life of your dreams, I'd like to suggest you consider trying out Kajabi. Kajabi is an all-in-one solution where you can create and teach online courses, publish a paid newsletter, launch a free or paid podcast, process payments, build one-on-one coaching portals for your clients, and much, much more. I personally use Kajabi to power numerous successful and profitable online businesses. Lifestyle solopreneurs, there's a free trial of Kajabi waiting for you at this link, www.kfreetrial.com. You can try Kajabi for free, no obligation, by going to www.kfreetrial.com. Again, kfreetrial.com, and that K stands for Kajabi. Starting an online business helped me break free from that corporate grind, and I hope it does the same for you. You have nothing to lose and absolutely everything to gain. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and see you next time.